Hello and welcome to How Did You Do It? I am finally so excited to be coming on here because if I'm going to be brutally honest, this podcast has been sitting in my little file for two weeks and something was just stopping me from putting it out and it was just like the message wasn't hitting (laughs) and I was waiting and I was sitting with it and I took the pressure off myself as to what this message needed to be and something happened the other day and it was this huge aha moment and I cannot wait to share it with you. So today's episode is going to be all about what I learned when I spent two hours with James Clear, who is a award-winning author of the book Atomic Habits. However, I didn't want to just relay the bite-sized messages that I learned. I wanted to really apply it into some type of message that meant something rather than just spitting information out that people will listen to and go, yeah, yeah, whatever, that sounds great, and then move on with their life. So I'm going to apply a real life example and I'm excited because it's such a cool story and how great that I get to come on here and share it and the people that I've told so far are in disbelief. So here we go. I have been practicing setting intentions and starting my day positively and I've been using the techniques by Joe Dispenza. If you don't know who Joe Dispenza is, he is a neuroscientist who has pretty much dedicated his life into telling people how to change their lives. All of his theories are backed up with evidence of brainwave scans and he actually changed his own life by teaching himself how to walk again and heal himself after an accident where the doctors told him that his life would never be the same as he once knew it. So he has a pretty powerful story. So for the past two weeks, I've been setting intentions of vibrating in a positive feeling to pretty much attract positivity to me, which is some form of manifestation. However, instead of focusing on positive thoughts, it focuses on positive feelings and it's a different way of existing where your body has the say over the mind. Positive emotion does not mean an overjoyed state of excitement or happiness. It's just not sitting in the lull of the dread of existing. So it hones in on emotion more so than the mindset, how you are vibrating in the world. So anyway, onto my story. I got to the train station and I tapped on my Mikey. And for those of you who listen to this who are not in Melbourne, um, it's just your card that you have to pretty much pay to use the train system. And I had no money left on it. So I went to top it up. And when I got down to the platform, I realized that even though I topped it up, I didn't tap on. So I walked back up the ramp, which is like pretty decent. I'd say whatever. I'm not going to go into it. It's an uphill ramp. Walked to the top of it, tapped on. And that still didn't work because the money hadn't yet registered on the card. Looked down the ramp and saw that the train had come. And if I miss the train, I'm late to work. So I run in heels with my bag. My laptop is in my bag. I run to the train. The train waits for me. And I think, oh, thank God I made it to the train. I'm not going to be late to work. However, in that moment, I felt a breeze in my left ear. 
And it was at that second that I realized my brand new AirPod was no longer in my left ear. So I was on the train and I was like, cool. So I could still be fined if security or whoever they are get on the train. I tried to be a good person by putting money on my card. It didn't register yet. I'm not tapped on and I've lost my AirPod. This sucks. Fuck positivity right now. And that's what I get for trying to be a good citizen and pay my train fees. I can't be bothered. And I literally just had Joe Dispenza in my head. And he says, I don't care that you react. It's how quickly you bring yourself back. And I was like, Gabby, just bring yourself back. I know that this sucks, but come back to your gratitudes. Come back to, to a positive feeling. And I wasn't even that phased. Like it took me probably three or four minutes to really just get myself back. Anyway, went about my day, didn't give it a second thought. And got to the train station 10 hours later, I walked to my car and I thought to myself, imagine if my left AirPod was just sitting on the ramp and I walked down the ramp and sure enough, 10 hours later at 6pm at night, my left AirPod is sitting on the ramp and it was just this aha moment because the point and the punchline of this whole episode is We cannot control the outcome of our lives, but we can control the feeling in which we get to experience. And suddenly, this episode made sense to me. Why am I talking about James Clear and what I learned from him if I cannot relate it into an example? It didn't make sense to me why we practice habits every day because we don't have control of the outcome anyway. But it was this one example of coming back to the goal, to the intention of staying positive, emitting a positive aura, giving out what you want to get back. And having this example, it just gave me the push I needed to really release the information that I learned from James Clear. So now that I've yapped on for four or five minutes about that, I will take you into what you're really here for, which is the bite-sized nuggets that I took away from James Clear. So I've been reflecting a little bit about the journey of starting something, whether it's a business, a hobby, a goal. And I think that in this reflection, what I've found is we get so angry at ourselves when we fall off track. It's like we don't have this self-trust to know that we are going to get ourselves back on track. We straight away jump to, I knew that that was going to happen. What if we reframe that judgment and that anger towards ourselves to building that self-trust with ourselves? Yes, life happens. Yes, there will be days where this feels incredibly difficult. Yes, there will probably be more difficult days than easier days. Yes, I will probably regret starting this at some point or feel feelings of disappointment, frustration, lacking of motivation. But even through that, I trust myself enough to stay committed to this goal, even when I don't want to. And how do we build that toolkit of even when 
all the affirmationed. <laughs> Even when all the aforementioned. I think I've been saying affirmations so much that that just came out, but even when all of the aforementioned things happen, I get up and I keep going and I stay committed. How do we build that that toolkit? And I'm telling you now, it has taken me so many years to understand that toolkit. It's so natural when you're going through your own transgression of life to look around and wonder how people are doing something. And I think that it's natural because success leaves clues. We look to people and we go, well, how are they getting somewhere or doing something and what are they doing that I'm not doing? Because even though your journey won't be the same as theirs, what are the action points that led them to success? Because that's where the clues are. So about two weeks ago, I had the honour of spending two hours with James Clear. And if you don't know who James Clear is, I'll give a little introduction in a minute. But I purposefully left it a little while between walking away from the conversation and recording this podcast because I wanted to see what stuck. You know, so often we will watch a documentary or we will hear something powerful or we will read an article and we will be like, wow, that was really powerful. But there is a statistic that I read and (laughs) I laugh because I read it years ago. It was something along the lines of, and don't quote me on it, but you'll get my gist, 70% of information that we receive, we forget. And I remember thinking, oh, that's scary. And it also said, you will forget that you have read this by X date and you will forget this fact or something along those lines. How's me? I was like, I'm never going to forget this fact. Anyway, went about my day and I think like a few weeks later, that statistic popped back up on my screen and I was like, I forgot that I even read that. And ever since then, it stuck with me because it made me realize we actually don't take in that much as humans. We really don't. And so when I take these opportunities to learn from people, I really try and absorb what they are saying and I wait and I see what information sticks with me. I see what I have to go back over and reread and the reason why I decided to wait in recording this podcast was because I walked out all motivated being like yeah I'm going to change my life tenfold and a week passed and now two weeks has passed and I can confidently say I'm not changing my life tenfold but I can tell you the bits that I took away that I am thinking of daily that did make an impact for me. And hopefully it's part of 30% of the information that you will remember for at least today. That would be a really nice goal. If you are unaware of James Clear, he is the number one New York Times bestseller for the book Atomic Habits which has sold more than 15 million copies worldwide. If you have not heard of Atomic Habits, it speaks about ways to break bad habits and build good ones. And if you have not read the book, then I've got you covered. To start with, the number one thing I loved about hearing James speak was that he was literally saying, I wrote a book about creating good habits and breaking bad habits. And even I still struggle and I freaking wrote the book. I made the rules and researched it 
And so if he's struggling with it and this is his forte, then good luck to the rest of us, I guess. No, but it's just interesting because it really speaks to the fact that no one is immune to the way that our brains are wired, to the way that our brains can work against us, to the way that we are sabotaging ourselves in our decisions, in our choices. And that first and foremost, it actually takes work to change. It takes work to build something. Of course it does, but it takes more work than what oftentimes we are willing to put into it. And sometimes it's accepting this isn't working and I don't want to put this much work into it. That's not where I'm going to spend my time and efforts. And if that's the case, then that's great. At least you know that you are making that decision consciously, but then don't beat yourself up if you are making that decision. So another component that I loved and that I really resonated with was that he was speaking about how he got writer's block even with this book. He would sit down to write and he just wouldn't have a good day. And he his whole day, this is funny because I didn't even write this down to speak about it, it just came to me. So his day was determined by one single thing every morning. And that was whether he, when he opened his laptop, opened up his Word document or opened up the news article. And he knew what his day would be productivity-wise depending on that first decision. And I think there's power in that because I have a morning routine that I stick to and sometimes I choose to do it a little bit later in the morning. Sometimes I choose to doom scroll. And why is that so much more attractive to choose to do? Why is it so effortless to pick up my phone and scroll knowing, literally telling myself, this will make me feel shit. And yet it is so much easier to choose to do that rather than going straight to my morning routine, which is more work but puts me in a great space. It's so interesting and so annoying. Okay, so here we go. My key takeaways from the man himself. Drumroll, please. The first key takeaway is don't break the chain twice. It is inevitable in life that we will not be able to show up every single day because life happens. When you do fall off the horse, you commit to getting back on the next day. Building the habit is about showing up. James told this story that he spoke to this guy who had a rule that when he went to the gym, he wasn't allowed to do a workout that was longer than five minutes for the first month because once he knew how to show up, then it didn't matter how good the workout was because the habit was there no matter what was happening day to day. You get up, you go anyway, regardless of the outcome. So much of these micro steps that we take day to day because that's what we have day by day, it's about showing up. When you are building a habit, show up first, productivity second. Secondly, a really powerful statement that I took away from this talk was Statistically, we are either getting 1% better every day or 1% worse. If you can change one thing in your day to make you 1% better, what would that be? Those minutes that you dedicate to getting 1% better at something over 10 years time, that is going to make an impact regardless. So that got me thinking, what was my one thing in my day that I was going to do on top of what I'm already doing to make myself 1% better? It is an active choice, but it takes so much effort to make those choices. 
It takes a conscious effort to get off my phone and to dedicate to the one thing. For me at the moment, my one thing that I'm choosing to do every single day, every morning, place myself into a state of gratitude. That doesn't mean lying in my bed and thinking, oh, I'm so grateful that I have a roof over my head and I'm so grateful that I have food to eat. No, this is sitting in the feeling of gratitude, the actual vibrational feeling, which takes me probably 20 minutes to fully elicit and there's a whole routine I do to get into it because when I am coming from a state of gratitude, everything else doesn't seem that big of a deal. Everything else can't affect my mindset if I'm sitting in my state of gratitude for my life, my journey, my development, my self-love, my self-awareness. If I am protecting myself and I'm coming from a place of empowerment within that gratitude, then my whole day changes. The second that I break that chain, and I've been trying this over the past two to three weeks, the second that I break it, it is a flow on effect. So my 1% at the moment is to constantly place myself every morning into the vibrational feeling of gratitude. If you don't know how to do this, I invite you to think of a time in your life that gives you goosebumps, that literally gives you that wave of a feeling of, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I have that memory. I had that experience. That amazing thing happened to me. And if you don't have something that you can draw on, then I invite you to imagine a day that would be your dream day where you would be who you would be surrounded by. Even if you don't know those people yet, even if it's just an energy that you feel around you, you don't have to know who those people are just yet. Imagine being surrounded by those people because they exist. Fantasy is so powerful because your brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality, which we know. So you still have the same amounts of dopamine going off through your brain. It's so easy to go into imagination. Now, obviously, if you're in a place in your life where reality is hard, fantasy can work against you because it can make you feel sad for the reality around you. So if that is the state that you're in, remember that there is a world within your power. There are choices you can make to step out of that reality. Whatever your goal is, in life, ultimately, imagine yourself waking up in that version of you. Because if you can imagine it and you can see it, then it does exist. It is a slow process, however, the belief that doing this can actually change what is happening around you is pivotal. Because if you're doing it just to prove a point to yourself that it's not going to work, then you're going to be correct in whatever you believe. The brain looks for evidence as to what you're telling it, which is why negative emotions are so addictive. Negative emotions drive us. We are hardwired to be negative, to survive. Unfortunately, that means that when we're in a negative mindset, the brain will look for every reason to stick in that mindset. Now, when you are vibrating at a more positive frequency. When you start to see small evidence of this change working, it is life-changing. Joe Dispenza says that you can tell your brain, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm free, and your body is going to go, no you're not. The thought doesn't even get down into your body. 
So it is an active shift of changing the emotional state in the body. One thing that I've currently been doing is building videos of memories of my life that when I really do wake up and find it a much more challenging mission to place myself into a state of gratitude, I watch these videos with a song that correlates to a really positive memory for me. I think of times where you look in hindsight and you think of when you met someone and you think of how you came across that person and the chances of meeting them were so slim. My favorite story is how I met Elise, who will be on this podcast when she's back from Bali. But I was out one night and met her and that night changed my life. And I had no idea that morning when I woke up that I was going to be meeting one of the most beautiful and important people in my life. And it still brings up a wave, even as I talk about it now, of emotion and gratitude. Because if I had said no to that night out, which I was so close to saying no, it's just ridiculous. But I went. I went and my life changed. And that can happen every single day. And that right there is powerful. So I invite you to wake up and place yourself in a state of gratitude. The next point, that was a big one. I just had to sigh that out. That was a big release just then. The next one I have is, okay, if your habit is not working, change your strategy. Let's say, okay, backpedal. Let's not say anything. (laughs) Okay, so one of the key components about building a habit is to make the habit attractive to you. For example, the gym thing. Like, why is the gym attractive? If you're trying to get to the end goal of feeling better in your body and whatever, then that's not really going to get you up at 5.30 in the morning, 6 a.m. in the morning, and have you taking that action because the actual journey to get there isn't that attractive. So the journey involves being uncomfortable, being tired, not really seeing results for, you know, a certain amount of time. So if you are committing to a habit, make it attractive to you. Change the daily goal rather than focusing on a goal that seems far away. One of the examples that James gives is to meet someone at the gym who you are looking forward to seeing. Um, It also gives an accountability component to it. But um, one that generally works for me is that everywhere I go pretty much charges me if I don't show up. So That's generally enough to get me up out of bed alongside the thought of I'm already awake. Am I really going to be able to get back to sleep? And then I'm going to be annoyed at myself. So it's definitely more attractive to show up and then just give whatever output I have in that moment and not judge myself if I am exhausted. However, let's say none of this is working for you. Change the strategy. I'm going to give an example of chocolate because those that know me personally know that ever since I was pretty much day dot I have this like visceral reaction to chocolate that has been something that's very hard for me to control um I find it completely consuming just eating the most stupid amount of chocolate and feeling like there was never enough of it. Like I needed it every single day, copious amounts of it, and it was just something that I found really hard to control. And I tried many different ways to approach it. I tried cutting it out completely. I tried 
days that I was only allowed to eat chocolate on certain days. I tried eating so much of it that I felt sick that I thought, okay, I'm not going to want to eat it again because I feel sick. Like there were just stupid amounts of strategies I tried to get under control with this like strong reaction to chocolate. And it was actually only, I'm going to say the last year that I found what worked for me. James Clear also says that it took him three years to find a nutrition strategy that worked for him. He tried many different things, wasn't working. He changed his strategy. I was going to try and get away with not describing what my strategy is, but as soon as I made that decision, I thought to myself, no, that's not fair. You can't dangle a carrot that you found this groundbreaking strategy and then not tell everyone what it is. (laughs) So here is my strategy. It's not that life-changing, but it was life-changing for me. That's a totally contradictive statement. It's not that life-changing for other people, maybe, but it was life-changing for me. So I read a book. It's called Glucose Goddess. I'm sure many of you have heard of it, but basically it explains um, glucose spikes in the bloodstream. And if you were to eat chocolate on an empty stomach, the craving for that would completely and utterly just increase after half an hour. If you eat vegetables and then it was like fiber and then carbs and then the sweet item, your body responds differently with the glucose spikes. So for me, it's about sandwiching the chocolate between different items so that I no longer crave it. I know that if I make the decision to eat chocolate on an empty stomach, then that's going to affect the rest of my eating habits that day. So there's a tidbit for you if you are another soul that loves chocolate. I haven't met anyone who is controlled by chocolate as much as I am, but there might be someone out there. So there you go. I hope that that helps. So team, to round off the key takeaways. Number one, sometimes it's the habit of showing up over judging yourself as to what output you've given because showing up is what creates the habit. Number two is that we are getting 1% better or worse every day. So you can either choose to add something into your day to make you 1% better over time. Number three, if you are trying and it is not working for you, change your strategy, do the research. Keep getting on the horse. Don't break the chain twice. Keep finding what works for you. Thanks for tuning in and I'm sure that you will be hearing my voice in your ear holes shortly enough.